we're we're shamans for whatever's going through your brain today. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just trying to be free as this song. Welcome back, ladies and lemonheads, to another edition of Idea Lemons Discover Your Inner Awesome Podcast. My name is Rajiv Nathan. I am your co-host alongside my, well, co-host, Martin McGovern. This is Discover Your Inner Awesome, the show where we have kick-ass conversations with super dope people, people working on interesting things, people like artists, entrepreneurs, and musicians. And we have a conversation about life, about one of the pressing questions that help us get through struggles, overcome barriers, and create more purposeful and meaningful work. In this episode, we sit down with Jenny Arrington. We know Jenny because she's actually a graduate of our Discover Your Inner Awesome Masterclass, and now she's working on her first product. She's the founder now of Karma Trick. Karma Trick is a shirt, a shawl, a scarf, a sweater, a dress, maybe even a duvet cover. Karma Trick is one garment which can be worn in 15 different ways specifically for women to help you lighten the load in your closet and basically be free with what you want to wear. We talk with Jenny about a struggle she's going through. She launched her Indiegogo campaign three days prior to when we had this conversation. She had a launch party. The launch party did not go as expected. In fact, in her mind, the worst happened. So we hash out what happens when the worst happens. Before we get started, a quick reminder, head to idealemon.com and subscribe to our newsletter. You'll never miss another episode of this show. You'll also be in tune for the next session of the Discover Your Inner Awesome Masterclass. So check us out at idealemon.com. Let's dive into our conversation now with Jenny Arrington, founder of Karma Trick, where we talk about what happens when the worst happens. Let's listen in. So Friday night was the campaign launch party for a company I'm starting called Karma Trick. It's a garment that can be worn in 15 ways. So the idea was, you know, I picked a place that already had a karaoke party happening, which I thought was great because there'd be another audience coming in and get more people. There'd be excitement. Um, I was going to show my campaign video, which was beautifully produced and told the whole story really succinctly and well. And then I would do a little fashion show and I had picked some women who were big fans and wonderful and smart, powerful women. And I just had this whole great plan. And I thought with everything, the whole challenging lead up to the campaign, like this fashion show campaign launch was the easiest thing I would do in weeks. It's like, I got this. I do events all the time. And so I didn't do a run through and the AV did not work and the video didn't show. And right at that point, even though it's not usually a big deal, I've always, in, in the past, I've always been able to get the AV to work eventually. Because you and used to just, work in events, right? Yeah, I used to work at the MacArthur Foundation and I ran the conference center. So we would have really high profile people coming in. I did all sorts of video conferences back in the day when video conferencing was hard and expensive. It was not as easy as it is today. Um, Jimmy Carter came in. We had, you know, presidents of universities. But now we so have I buffering. Was, <laughs> right, right. So I'm used to being cool, calm, and collected. Carter to buffer. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, so the fact that we kept, we kept trying to make it work and going back to it, and I had over 100 people staring at me like, I'm waiting to be entertained here. What are you talking about, lady? I'm sick of looking at your ugly mug. And I just, I wasn't, I, I could have thought that, oh, I probably have it on my computer and I don't have to go through the internet. Like, I just, I wasn't thinking clearly. And I tried to recover just by telling the story quickly of what it was and go on with the fashion show. And, um, and then you stepped in, and I, even then, when like I had a couple of friends step in and try to say something nice, and even then, I was like, oh, please, just, just let's, let's, they don't want to hear anymore. They just don't want to hear anymore. They're bored. This is stupid. This is stupid. Just let them be. Let them be. <laughs> um, so there's this whole like shame and embarrassment. So what happened after that was I transferred that embarrassment and shame onto the product. And I was already starting from a place where I was embarrassed about the product to some extent. And I would keep coming back to 
what Bill Allett said at MIT, which was, if you are not embarrassed when you ship your first product, you waited too long. You just have to get it out there. And so I've been, I've had that. And I know I'm like, oh, you like it? Really? You know, people stop me on the street. Oh, that's such a cool dress. What is that? I designed it. Oh, really? What? And I'm like, really? Do you like it? Like, I still have this, like, I can't believe. A doubt. Yeah. Which I was like, but that's okay, because you're supposed to be embarrassed. And, but this just, this embarrassment, like, took it to a, a new level. And I was like, with the sleep deprivation and everything, I was like, this is the stupidest idea ever. And while in, like, the middle of my rant, in the middle of that, like, three in the morning, bawling, curled up on the floor, I'd have moments where I would, like, check Twitter and notice, like, oh, so-and-so is following me. Wow, huh. Okay, so we take a screenshot of that, and I'm going to add, like, because I already had these practices, and, like, I would go into that practice, and then I would drop the phone, oh, my God, this is this How did anyone let me do this? <laughs> bawling. And I, I, seriously, I've never cried so much in my life. So that's the recap. Yeah. <laughs> I love that quote though where it's like if you aren't embarrassed when you launch you've waited too long because we were massively embarrassed when we launched our class the first time yeah um and actually retooled the entire thing in two days rebranded it re- rebuilt the website and launched it all a second time because uh we had like last minute changed the name and were embarrassed by the results that we had. Well, and even, we didn't even like saying the name. Yeah, yeah, we, were <laughs> we like... had to actually say it to people. <laughs> yeah, we were like, eh, it doesn't sound right. But let's ignore that it doesn't sound right. <laughs> but that that came along with trying to do things behind the scenes and surprise people versus just being very open and honest about where things are at and being like, well, nope, now we're changing it. Yeah. <laughs> and seeing and like this, you know, once you sort of realize in the moment oh that's where things are at then you can kind of like set a new baseline and kind of build from there what so in your fit of 3 a.m crying on the floor mm-hmm. what thoughts did you have about where do i go from here or do you have you not even did you not even have those thoughts yet um i i did have some thoughts were like oh this will be a really great story someday so that was like maybe the one little positive voice. It was like, oh, it's all going to be fantastic and it's just going to be a really great story. But oh my God, you're miserable. You're stupid. Blah, blah. I mean, so it was like this crazy mix of yeah. thoughts. So there was no clear like, okay, I'm going to get up in the morning and blah, blah, blah. No, yeah. no, no. no. Um, I did, however, the next day have some stress about like, I don't have enough feedback from users. I don't have enough feedback. I've got to talk. Why aren't they getting back to me? There's a problem. There's a problem. And um, I've forced, and I think some people just are, don't want to get back to you. Or they say, you know, like, I've tried two times, maybe I need to try four times. But I did get some feedback from a couple of people. And one was, you know, I, I wish there were, like, a second option for tying. So I all of a sudden started coming up with a way, how can I have another connector? And I came up with this way using a plastic bottle top and a key yeah. ring. And I was like, well, I could use recycled plastic bottle tops. And how do, like, where do I get the metal for the key ring? And it's, it's exactly like a, the idea came to me. You know that those duvet, duvet cover grippers where there's a piece yeah, of plastic, yeah. you put it under the fabric and you push it on top. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, how do, how do I make that? How can, how can I do that in a recycled thing? So, I mean, a, like a frenzy or fervor of new thoughts came out of it that may or may not turn out to be a good thing. I don't know. But um, that's the most planned yeah. That I've made so far. I, I have to Which admit, I'm yeah. still no, of in course. the funk. I'm as actually we talk sorry. Right let me rephrase that question. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you my own experience with this, and hopefully it'll help you help me ask the question better. When we effed up our launch with the course, the first thoughts through my head were oh my God, everything over the last year that I've worked for is, is down the shitter. I got to go find a job now. It's all over. <laughs> And we're fucked. <laughs> Those are the thoughts that are going through my like that was my like what's next? Was, uh-huh. I gotta go find a job now. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought too. I was like, okay, right. Actually, the one bright thought, the one bright thought, there were two. One was, oh, this will be a great story someday, and everything's gonna be fine. The second thought was, you know what? I will be able to get a kick-ass sales job because I will go into the interview and I will tell them I convinced people that a sheet with two holes was something other than that. <laughs> And they will say, oh, my God, you could sell anything. You will sell our fucking widgets and I'll make yeah. $500,000 a year. Like, that was another thought. I, yeah. like, I can do this. And maybe, who knows, maybe I will have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, but I, and so, 
Yeah, I think that's a natural thought to have. I mean, I have it too. I don't know, Martin, if you had that. Uh, I was in a very different boat as you. Um, I like we've talked about this on previous podcasts and, and in general before, but um, I kind of saw that there were some things that in my well, I, I'm I'm typically more cynical than you, I think, in general. So like I I saw the failure as like great. Now we get to have conversations about things that we weren't norm we weren't having conversations about before. Mm. Um, it certainly hurt <laughs> to get to that point, um, but I. But think, it was a necessary yeah, failure, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think um, anything in my mind that forces conversations, I think is good, mm-hmm. um, because sometimes we, I feel like we ignore things and thinking, oh, it won't matter in the long run, because you know we just have to get to this point, and that is that's true to an extent. But um, when those pieces are kind of core, I'm not really sure where I'm going with this, but there there were a couple core pieces that we just were like, we'll figure that out eventually. Whereas um, now we knew, now we know that those things have to be done up front mm-hmm. um, before the rest of it's going to work. Um, so like really knowing and that this is the right phrase to use, or this is the right the title of the course, yeah. that this is the right title. Like we had ideas of what the right titles were, and we tried out a few, um, but I wasn't certain about anything. And the one we went with at, at launch, which was um, the money brand method, I think I'd come up with that, and like I'd really loved it for me, <laughs> like because I liked it in my own head, but I hadn't tested it, so um, it was one of those things where it, it was kind of like a nice reminder that just because it sounds good in my head doesn't mean that it is good right. um, and and kind of getting that feedback immediately put things in perspective and allowed us to talk about what's next yeah definitely I think um, you know another huge thing that I learned at the boot camp was to talk to your users to get out of the building and get the feedback just like you're saying and Part of my crisis was like, I don't even know enough. I don't, I don't have enough feedback. You know, I had some feedback, but it didn't feel like enough to make me feel confident. So if, if this had to happen for me to have my confidence um, shooken up a little bit to get me to the point where I have a stronger fire under my ass to really get working and get more and innovate more and come up with some new ideas, then it definitely was worth it. You know, and I, I never regret anything, even pain, because of course we learn from it. Mm-hmm. But this was fucking hard. Yeah. And I've been through some hard shit. I suffered from clinical depression for several years. And at one at the lowest point, you know, I wasn't I couldn't look anyone in the eye, I couldn't get out of bed, I couldn't leave the apartment. That sucked. Those years sucked ass. Okay. This year <laughs> is probably even harder than that. In a different way. 2015 or 2016? 20, the last, let's call it 12 months. Okay. Um, with, high, with bigger highs, awesome highs, and lows, and mm-hmm. just less in between. The last yeah, nine, ten years of my life, I rarely cried. And anytime I did, I thought, oh, it must be that crazy day before my period. <laughs> And now it's all the time. And I'm like, wait, is it the crazy day? Oh, no. Shit just, it's hard. <laughs> it's really hard. I have, you know, incredibly um, challenging things happening in my personal life at the same time that I'm starting a company. And I did not plan them to overlap. They just did. That's just how it happens. Um, but I, you know, I think those little challenges in our lives building up have built mm-hmm. the capacity for me to deal with this but those challenges like you had that challenge i think it was a wake-up call like just keep going keep going and there's there's a reason there's a reason yeah Yeah. our our friend daniel posted something on facebook the other day um which was uh if you want to know what it's like to be an entrepreneur between years one and five go watch the the revenant revenant yeah Yeah. new leo movie yeah the new leo dicaprio movie where he like has to crawl out of a bear and like, <laughs> or something like, like sleep in a horse or something weird. Like, just basically like he gets mauled and like has to climb through the wilderness to get oh, yeah. back to. That's civilization. Not, I love those stories. Oh, yeah. like survival stories. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. And I, I do feel like sometimes it's just 
you know, you'll be, you'll have momentum, you'll have momentum, you'll have momentum, and then, like, something will just hit you, and then you'll have to, like, come back from it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think, so, so to continue that story, so we, you know, we bombed our launch, and then I, my initial thought was, the world's over, you know, I gotta go and find a job. Like, I actually, for the first time, spent, like, ten minutes seriously looking at like job listings for the first time in a year i had seriously done that and then i don't know maybe a half hour later i i don't know what the exact chain of events was or the sequence of events but i actually was in la at the time with daniel who daniel di piazza who martin just mentioned and he was in the middle of his own product launch so i'm like around him and his team and like their flurry of activity and then we probably Skyped, and we were like, well, when I get back, this was a Friday, probably. Or, mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, when I get back on Monday, we'll talk about it. And that was kind of where we left it. And then I started to just get, like, these different thoughts. Like, all right, well, what do we do from here? Like, it's not, like, all is not lost. What do we start doing from here? And I think in that moment, I mean, like, you know, I wear the word ambition on my wrist every day, right? But what really hit me in that moment was that ambition is not doing hard work and keeping your head down and chugging along when things are going well. Ambition is what's revealed when things aren't going as you planned. Like, how do you react mm-hmm. based on when things don't go as planned? Because mm-hmm. it's easy to be ambitious when everything is great. Of course. But when things are fucked up and you're just mm-hmm. like, oh my God, mm-hmm. no, none of this. I, I want none of this. <laughs> if you, st- like, that's ambition. If you're like, no, but I'm still pushing, I'm still pushing my head out of this bear's ass anyways. Right. <laughs> Right, and I I just wrote an email this morning about this. I think part there's ambition and some of that's natural. Maybe it's the passion for the project, but it's partly practice too. So I feel like I've practiced and I've talked about this for a long time, doing little things that scare me every day, and it's truly become a habit. And as the things get scarier and scarier, I'm talking in front of more people and more people, and I'm meeting more people and I'm making that hard phone call or whatever and they happen more and more each day you know it was one scary thing a day now it's 10 scary things now you know it's 50 people now it's 100 people that you have built this capacity to just keep working just to like so my body just knows I like I don't want to do it I'm scared well my body is just doing it and it's just that work so like I said when I was curled up in a ball crying on the floor texting for help (laughs) Um, and then seeing a Twitter thing come through, like my body just, even though I was, I'm a failure, this is horrible. My body was like in that practice Mm -hmm. of I'm creating this connection with this person on Twitter. Like I couldn't actually even stop my body from doing the work that I needed to do to continue to do to move it forward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even this morning, I'm still coming out of it. I was like, I need to write a million articles, and I need to send this, and I need to send this. Even though I'm like, this is still kind of crazy, but okay, I'm doing it, yeah. I'm doing it, I'm doing it. <laughs> so I think it's it's not always a choice. I think you kind of have to prepare yourself to build that capacity, to build that practice of doing the work. Yeah. Well, and another aspect of it, too, is you know, the surge of emotions you have. It means you care. <laughs> yeah. You know, like the fact that I was like, oh my God, this sucks. I can't believe, you know, we bombed this. It meant I actually cared about it. It's a good sign. Whereas, you know, <laughs> a year prior when I was still working at a sales job and I lost a deal, I was like, eh, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right. I could take it. The money would have been nice, but I could take it or leave it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and I think there's a, there's a lot to be said for the fact that you do care so much about something that if it does, I mean, Obviously, it's not fun to be on a crazy roller coaster of emotions, but at least you're on the roller coaster. You know, at least at least there's a ride that you're enjoying. Right, right. Instead right. of sitting on, I don't know, the dragon roller coaster at the kid carnivals that just go in a circle and mm-hmm. aren't fun. You're mm-hmm. on like Giant Drop or on Raging Bull at Six Flags. <laughs> <laughs> getting right back on. Yeah. I, did, yeah, I did Raging Bull seven times in a row once. That's awesome. <laughs> I did it three. I think it rained and everyone went home. It was awesome. <laughs> I don't know. I think that we have to take care of ourselves a little bit too. And there's this thing that I talk about with my students in yoga classes, uh, Santosha. It's one of the niyamas. It's contentment. And people often confuse contentment with complacency. And so they're like, oh, I don't want to be just content. But can we have to feel some contentment 
every little step we take along the road. Maybe we haven't met our ultimate goal, but that's okay. We can be content with this moment and enjoy this moment. And I'm really struggling with that. Mm -hmm. And when people say, oh, great job on the launch or great job, you really got this going. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? I haven't done anything. But no, I have to say, well, no, okay, well, done, you have done this and you've hustled a little bit. Oh, okay. Like, but it's so challenging. So I'm, I'm really struggling with that right now. Mm-hmm. Have you guys struggled with that, with finding like some contentment, even though you haven't reached your ultimate goal? I think every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. really I, hard. And celebrating small wins is something mm-hmm. I know I don't do much of. Um, and I've been trying to figure out like how to do that. Like I don't even know how to celebrate small wins because I think back to like my old jobs and stuff. Like celebrate, quote unquote, celebrating a small win was like someone being like, "Good job," Those are and like worst. that never really even happened. So like, yeah. it was always just like, "Okay, what's next?" And that's the mindset I've always had. Mm-hmm. Um, I think now it's more so like, um, I guess I'm practicing a little bit in sort of my personal life. Like I, have, I, I have a goal to journal every mo- every day, every month, and I sign up for this challenge on 750 words and. They make you put in like if I complete the challenge, I will do blank for myself. If I don't, I will do blank to myself. Oh, um, that's cool. Yeah, and so like last month was I will buy myself a gadget or I will get rid of a gadget, and I'm replacing gadget with now yoga classes because I don't know a gadget to buy. Um, <laughs> but uh, the month prior to that, it was like you'll treat yourself to like um, a like sit down at Gear at Gear Deli's and have a hot chocolate. And like something just small like yeah, that to like reward so the great. fact that you've so you're done forcing it. yourself to appreciate mm-hmm. that moment and to celebrate it in the way that you feel is best. Yeah. That's so much better than a good job yeah, from yeah. somebody. Those are so empty. Yeah. And I've made it a practice as a parent to say good job as little as possible to my kids. It's done a lot of damage. It was big in the 80s and 90s. Good job. Good job. You know, you went poop. Good job. No, we should not be. We we were the trophy generation. Right. And it's it's been proven. It's been studied now. It actually is a hindrance to kids in their excelling. Yeah. So it's it's much more important to say, like, I really like the way you use color here. And like, if, and if and it's I example I actually remember you child, specifically yeah. doing that when we were on a Skype call one time. You actually, you specifically said that. Really? It was some drawing, <laughs> either, probably Dorothy. Oh, uh, no, but they came up to me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they came up with something. And you you, you specifically called out, what they had done with it. Mm-hmm. I, was like, I like mm-hmm. how you drew this thing on it. Or ask a question. You're right. Like, how do you how do you feel you did about that with mm-hmm. this? And and get them to find their own pride. And then you're not always seeking validation from other people. Yes. Yeah. yes. Which I think, especially, I mean, that's probably going into like the crowdfunding thing. It's like one of the reasons you get so frustrated. It's like people are saying good job. It's like no, no, no. That's not the validation. The validation <laughs> right? is, is the crowdfunding and like the company. And, like, if the company works and things like that. Yeah, I think also to the, the whole the trophy mindset and to the good job thing, what's funny with that is I had the opposite because I had an Indian family. So, <laughs> so really it was hard. it was, Dad, I got a 95%. Where's the other 5%? <laughs> that's, what, that's what I grew up with. Uh-huh. <laughs> or I got an A-. minus. Why is it an A+. Plus? <laughs> and I'm sure that was really hard too to not. No, I mean it, it. sucked at the time, but I mean you're glad now. You know, to their credit, which they'll probably if they ever. I don't know if they listen to my podcast ever, but <laughs> if they do listen to this, it worked. Like mm-hmm. I never tried to tie my own value to you know, and, I, and so to go to like high school, I have tons of medals from track and field, and every time I got a medal, it wasn't like. Was for me, it was like validation of the work I put in. It wasn't like, oh, I got a medal. And like, I hated if there was like a, a track meet where it was like top six get medals. I was like, why does sixth place need a medal? <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I think it worked. Again, like, like growing up, probably until about like high school, it, it sucked being like, no, I did all this work. And it's like, well, you didn't do enough. And then some point in like middle of high school, I think it finally triggered in me okay. that there's more to be done and we can't be saying everything is the best thing ever and everything's good job. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that is what I take into my own hustle now. Um, cause I kind of feel like nothing's ever done 
which is kind of the case in running your own business, but um, to the point of the small wins and celebrating those things, I think, and we've come to, we've, we've said like, let's have a monthly end, you know, end of month dinner, celebrate what happened in the last month. And it's good that we do that. Um, I think where we get the small wins, uh, or at least we're able to celebrate, is when we get good feedback from people. Mm-hmm. That's not us having to create anything. And it's not a good job. It's like someone in our, who's currently taking our online class writing like, this helped me so much in this specific way. Mm-hmm. That's us. That's like validation. Like we've created something of totally. worth here for people. Yeah. We yeah. have to ask for that though sometimes. Like we sent out a survey this week asking for that feedback. Yeah. So I think part of it is... Not even that though. I'm just saying even within the... the... Sure. But like we've set up systems to get Yeah, that that's feedback. true. Like, You're right. It doesn't just... I feel like people just expect it to happen. And whether it's ask. yeah, whether yeah. it's asking other people for feedback or whether it's creating it in your own life, like like all right, so like February I started journaling today. At the end of the month, I'm taking myself out to a movie and whatnot and um and like dinner and a movie for myself if I get all the journals. And the same thing, we have the course and we built a course and we've built a company that allows us to get immediate feedback from the people we're helping that's harder in other business models. And so I think a key piece is to somehow set up that communication um, so that you can you can get hits of, of feedback throughout mm-hmm. what you're building. So, because otherwise you end up doing what, what you had the other night where you're like, oh no, it's just me in my head. Or like what we had prior to that launch, we were just in basements, separate basements, working separately, <laughs> completely in our own head. And like, one of the reasons I was so happy that it failed was because it pushed us to get in an office and like, it wasn't just like, I have no idea. I haven't talked to the outside world in a month. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to know if this is going to work or not? Um, well, that's the failure thing. You said, I'm so happy that we failed and the celebration is something that happens at the garage at Northwestern every week. The Monday dinners, they call them their family dinners, is they celebrate their failures. <laughs> and they have these poppers with, with uh, confetti that come out. And they say, okay, come up, who wants to talk about their failure? And they come up and they're like, woo, and they set up a popper. So, you know, maybe I should be celebrating my failure rather than yeah. celebrating my launch. Ben and Jerry's has a um, failed flavor uh, graveyard. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and they'll go out and resurrect flavors and then try and refix them years later oh, after they fail. That's fun. Well, <laughs> and a couple of things too. So on the just on celebrating your wins, like you should feel good that you already have, you know, it's all, it's like as of us doing this conversation, you have like four or six backers, I think. I checked earlier today. You know, you've raised 300 bucks. Not great, but you've raised something. <laughs> but you haven't even put you haven't even promoted it yet. I just I just started this morning. Yeah, so like you had six backers prior yeah. to that, and which means you have six people who believe in the product. Like I know I'm a backer, but I wouldn't have backed it if I didn't like it, okay. and I wouldn't have actually bought the or I would have bought the five dollar backing, just mm-hmm. like you know throw mm-hmm. good feelings your way. Thank but you. I bought the fifty dollar version because I'm like my <laughs> sister in law would probably like this. Thank you. So things like that are like you got to look at me like sweet. Yeah. You know, like we had seven people sign up for our first class. It's not a hundred, but we're like, hey, seven people believe in this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know, like li- last night was the first instance we had of making money in our sleep, and I'm like, that's fucking cool. <laughs> I you know, I checked my email today at like nine thirty in the morning, and at eleven forty p.m., someone bought our class for March. I'm like, that's cool. We've, you know, all those entrepreneurs who say I make money in my sleep. We can actually say we have made money in our sleep now. <laughs> I hope it continues. It wasn't a one-off. <laughs> But that kind of stuff, it's like, at the very least, just, you don't even have to do a, you know, have a dinner or whatever. Just tell yourself, no, this is cool. Mm-hmm. I like that this is happening. And that, and that ties back into what you're saying about meditation and being aware of the things that are happening. Because I think um, one of the things, like, as you mentioned, like, oh, we got a sale last night. Like, we actually stopped working for 15 seconds. Fist bumped. Yeah. And then we're like, it was really slow motion fist yeah, bump. It was 15 just, seconds. Just 15 <laughs> seconds. It was still going. And then, we're like, all right, back to work. But it was like, it wasn't just, oh, we made a sale. Cool. Keep typing. It was like, even just 15 seconds mm-hmm. to be like, mm-hmm. okay, right. appreciate what just happened mm-hmm. and then move on. I think 
Um, I've only been meditating about, I think, 30 days or something like that. So about a month. And um, I am noticing that in the past, I tend to just be like, cool, and just like, my head never is there in the moment. It's mm -hmm. always on the next moment. Mm -hmm. And so um, something like yesterday, we were working, and it was a Sunday, and I ran over to Jimmy John's, and I was going to just grab it, run back to the back here, eat it, and like work while I ate it. But I ended up just being like, no, sit down at Jimmy John's. And yeah, it's Jimmy John's. It's like shiny meat. <laughs> um, but like, taste it. Like, mm -hmm. actually taste this yeah. while you're eating it. Mindful eating. Yeah, That's and I what, never do that. Do you remember when we did the podcast with Carla Blumenthal? That was one of the things she said she was forcing herself to do. Was, it was, she either called it mindful or intentional eating. Eating with intention, I think. Yeah. So sit down and eat and don't do other things while eating. Mm -hmm. Just eat. Don't look at your phone. Don't look at your computer. Just eat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is something I still don't do, really. But it's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard. And when I started doing that, some really weird, scary shit came up. Like, I, I realized... You grew extra limbs. <laughs> <laughs> I would, especially if like I close my eyes, so I would really taste it and feel it. And I, I felt shame, embarrassment. I didn't feel like I was worthy to eat. When was this? Like Recently. Okay. Yeah. Like, when I really... Like, I've known about mindful eating forever, and I just had never taken the time to do it. And through, you know, some practices, I decided to really face it. And it was scary. And I was like, I don't deserve to eat. It's embarrassing. It's horrible. This is gross. Just this, like, total... Ugh. It was horrible. And then... But I kept on doing it. And after a couple weeks, it kind of went away. And a very wise person told me, sometimes we just need to shine the light on something. Like, shine the light under the bed. And once we see that, you know, what's there, no maybe maybe <laughs> there is nothing there. Maybe there is something there, but you see it. Mm -hmm. And it's not scary anymore. So maybe, like, I just, it wasn't anything, like, deeper scary about me that I had these shameful feelings eating. But I just needed to shine the light on it. And mm -hmm. then it kind of went away. Mm -hmm. But it's so, I mean, for those reasons, I mean, it's it's not easy to eat mindfully or do anything mindfully or, you know, yeah. like, it's, it's much easier to just keep going and yeah. push things away. Well, and also to go back to the conversation we had with Adam Griffin when we were in Denver, when he's, he was saying how we only really change our behavior when we've hit our lowest point. He's like, because until that point, there's no reason to make a change. Mm -hmm. So... And it's not even to say you were doing anything wrong prior to that event happening. But that might just be the kick in the ass to be like, all right, what do I got to do now to make this thing happen? I've got to be there's, better. There's like, no, yeah, it wasn't no good enough. Back. Well, and, <laughs> and think about what causes... So, like, when he says you have to hit your lowest point, it's like most of the time to hit a lowest point, it's something that stops you, right? And so it's like, for him, I think we were talking about, like, biting nails or something. But it's like something hurts so bad that you have to stop and think about it and then you're like oh now i'm at a low point yeah now i need to change and like that's that's when people say low point i think it's just being aware like that something is happening and so what i've noticed meditation doing is like it helps you get to the mindfulness before the low point almost and so it's like if if you just stop to think about something it's taking the practice of what people are forced to do. So if you think about a really bad low point, someone getting fired, right? That's a low point. And you have to actually physically stop because you have no job to go to anymore and think for a second mm -hmm. of what you're going to do next. Well, if you could be mindful prior to getting fired <laughs> and be able to think about what to do next prior to the awful circumstances, mm -hmm. then you can short circuit getting to what is the actual realization. Mm-hmm. The other benefit of meditation is practicing releasing the thoughts. I'm not sure what kind of meditation you practice, but I, you know I teach this regularly, and yet on Friday night I was having a really hard time releasing those thoughts because, again, nobody stood up and said, that product is shit. It was totally in my mind. I was having thoughts that if I had listened to myself as a teacher, I would have practiced releasing those thoughts before mm -hmm. they made me feel or act a certain way. That's the practice of meditation. Seeing those thoughts, letting them go. Let them go. They don't have to make you feel a certain way. So 
if we could practice that, yeah. that would be great. Yeah. And not that we're pushing them away, because I mean, some might be thoughts that we need to um, actually look at, like, oh, you know, maybe you need to work harder, blah, blah, blah. But we're practicing, well, I'll look at that when I'm going to focus on that, and I will mindfully work on that, not while I'm trying to do something else and have mm-hmm. those thoughts come in and like screw you up in, in whatever act- activity you're doing at the time. So, yeah, meditation is fabulous. I wish I could have remembered that when I was yeah. <laughs> in a heap on the floor. Well, the, the big thing you mentioned there, though, is that these were your own thoughts, not what was actually happening. Because we're always telling ourselves a worse story than what's actually right. happening. Well, yeah, and I was in the crowd. The only thing that I really was having trouble with was hearing the microphone. So, like, I think the space acoustically was just tough. But um, So the AV... All around. Yeah, just, yeah. The but, video and the but, the but at the same time, like, the video was good. The I thought the people who modeled were really good. The video was good. The video well, no, I'm saying play. the video when I watched it okay. later. Oh, okay. And then, um, and then uh, there was that moment when the woman in the crowd was saw your kids wearing it. And, like, that was a really cool moment, I thought. Because she was like, that is the cutest thing for a kid to be wearing. And, like, <laughs> just that moment was, like... It's getting through. The message is getting through to you people. You think? Yeah. And so... It seems that... like a cheap ploy or somehow. <laughs> <you know? laughs> like, well, bring the kids out. Great. Well, it's nothing to do with the product. I don't know. I mean, yeah, they were wearing one, but well, I don't know. I Maybe mean, it'll end up being like a children's line. <laughs> I don't look back years from now and say, wasn't that funny? <laughs> you never know. You know. But like, that's the kind of things. It's like, so if you if you look back at the event, and you only focus on the AV, and you only focus on the video, and you only focus on those things. Um, now, now the challenge is: okay, look back at the event. You've already focused on those. You've already processed that emotion. You've there's nothing you can do to change any of that. Mm-hmm. Now, what were the positives of the night? There were there were positives there. There was that woman. There was like the moment with your kids. There was the karaoke. There were all these things that people had. A gra- like, we all left with good spirits. We were like, that was way more fun yeah, than that. No one, <laughs> no one left like angry, I don't believe. And so, thank God for the karaoke, yeah. really. <laughs> but that's that's where you gotta, we got we gotta start challenging ourselves because I think for a few days there we got in a funk with our product launch too. And then we, well, were like, you were like, I don't know if I don't know if I want to go because I'm so exhausted. I was like, dude, come on, let's support her. Let's go. Oh, oh well, you. yeah, on Friday. And then you were like, you walked in, you're like, oh, I'm really happy I went. Yeah. Oh yeah, I walked away super happy about the night. But I'm saying, like, with our own product launch on Monday when we were going to meet up, we're like, all right, let's go meet at a Starbucks. Let's figure this crap out. And we were, like, really down about it. And um, I was like, I really don't want to go to the city today and find it and, like, figure out, like, how to, like, buy a coffee and use the bathroom with the key code and the blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then, and that's, and instead, on, on the way downtown, I was like, all right, ignore all the, all the negatives right now. What is something that we can do that's positive? And so we decided to come into WeWork that day and check out the space, ended up selling a product that day almost. Yeah, yeah, that day. yeah it was that day. And like everything kind of started turning around immediately because we put aside the negative stuff for mm-hmm. a second and started moving forward with the positive stuff. Yeah, and I'm naturally an incredibly positive person. And I think I'm gonna come through this just fine, but I, this was mm-hmm. this was challenging. Yeah. This was really challenging, but I mean, it's good to hear that Everybody goes. Yeah. Well, another part of it too, and actually, I, w- I want to retract the text I sent you where I said like, "It's okay, like don't worry about it," kind of whatever. I, I had said something like that. You know, yeah, I was I like, I was like, stop feeling bad. Like, it said good job, right? <laughs> no. Oh, the one that said chill out. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had said like chill out, like it wasn't as bad, you know, as you thought. <laughs> I actually want to retract that if it's possible, <laughs> because. And this is something I learned just from going through a breakup, you know, a year and a half and la- beginning of last year, is everyone, while you're feeling something, everyone's going to tell you the way you should feel. But the way you should feel is the way you are feeling. Yeah. And you've got to feel the feels to get through exactly. to what you need to get to next. So, like, if you're, you know, 3 a.m. on the floor crying, great. You have to get that out of your right. system. Or I'll be a complete monster the next day. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. no, that's so right. And that's another thing that's very yoga. There's also this practice out of Univers- University of Chicago called um, Har- Harkomi, if I'm pronouncing that right, which is all about 
feeling the feelings and that our body stores trauma and if we don't feel them now and we push it aside it'll just come up in drug use and drinking mm-hmm. and anger and rage and all of these other mm-hmm. things later so yeah i mean it's really good i sat down with that and getting something out that needed to break open and, and get free for sure did you that was what fr- that was the same night it happened or the following same night okay did that emotion carry with you through the entire weekend, or did you start to see a silver lining? Um, I had moments of silver lining, moments of break, and then moments where just I'd get teary out of nowhere. So it was, it was still feeling very mm-hmm. vulnerable. And still, even on the drive here, there were moments where I got teary. And I and then and the other part of that, too, is it's like, it's not something that you can put a, f- a finite time frame on. Right. You know? Right. And every situation and every person is different. So mm-hmm. maybe it could have taken just one night of getting it out of your system. And you're like, all right, let's move forward. Or maybe it takes a few days to bounce back. Mm-hmm. And obviously you still got to like push forward while you're bouncing back. But like you said, when you walked in, I was like, you seem down. You're like, I'm not going to hide it. <laughs> yeah. I'm really, I mean, I can do it. I can fake it. But I really don't like faking it. Especially with friends, I feel I owe that to my friends, and I feel safe with friends to show my vulnerability, and it's way more interesting. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be around people who are inauthentic anyway, so I try to practice authenticity Mm -hmm. too. And hopefully that this will be way more helpful to someone than if I came in here and like, yeah, I kind of suck, but I rocked it, man. (laughs) It was awesome. That's not not at all what entrepreneurship is. (laughs) I mean, entrepreneurship is like, Wow, this is a really sluggish week. Why am I smiling? Why am I crying? What's happening? <laughs> like, um, I think one interesting thing about like ex- actually accepting how you feel about things too is um, and and allowing it to happen when it happens and not trying to force anything. Um, on Saturday night, I got a text that one of my old bosses died. Just and I don't know the details. Found in a car dead on Saturday, and so I was like, huh. Why is not like I felt like that that sucks like I did the whole like that sucks that really sucks kind of a thing and like all yesterday we were sitting here and and people I kept getting texts like how are you feeling like hope hope you're like doing well and I was like I feel like I'm a robot like do I not have feelings what's going on here and I remember being like I don't really process like we were talking yesterday and I go I don't really process death with like a lot of emotion I'm just haven't traditionally in my life and then last night right as I was going to bed I'd like already taken a sleeping pill or (laughs) melatonin and I and I'm like sitting there and I get a text from one of my good friends who um I've like talked to about emotional things before so it was just like for some reason that trigger and he him asking about the person who died and then like all of it just hit like right in that moment like reading people's stories on facebook and like all of it just hit and i was like oh, okay robot's gone hey. <laughs> and like now i get to like process through this and um it was just kind of nice to realize number one that going back to you actually care about this stuff <laughs> it's not just stuff that happens and like passes by you and then also um Normally, like, like I think when I first found out, I sent, like, a, oh, like, so sorry to hear kind of a text. Like, like that's really sad. Sorry to hear. But, like, not a lot of emotion in it. But then last night, I wrote what I actually felt and, like, posted that on his Facebook wall with everyone else's comments and stuff like that. And I feel like having both experiencing it and then also finding the right way to channel it out of you. I think is really helpful. Like, so like you're talking to us right now and, and everything like that, but like having a good place and, and understanding where to let it out as well, I think is just as important as feeling it. Mm-hmm. And letting it out, maybe tears and maybe talking to someone yeah. it may be dancing, turning up the music and dancing crazy, whatever, like moving in your body. So yeah, there's so many ways. And I think, we forget how many ways and we're like a lot of us have to kind of live in this robot world and I have to behave a certain way and we 
don't give us give ourselves permission to feel, mm-hmm. let alone channel it or let it out. Yeah, and I think as well is just I'm thinking back to like some of the text messages we were sending back and forth is it's not a reflection of you as a person, and I think we have a tendency to think because we t- you know we tie ourselves so closely to what we're doing, mm-hmm. whether it's business or otherwise, but. You know, in most cases, it's not a reflection of you as a person. It's a reflection of circumstance, situation, the thing right. that it is. Right. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a failure. So some AV equipment didn't work. Right. Shit happens, <laughs> right. you know? Right. Yeah, I know. I just let it snowball. It was just... And, I, and another thing, too, is, is, and this is something that, you know, we learned with our failed initial product launch is... No one's paying as close attention as you, the, you the creator, are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? That's like, true. we didn't even have to say, hey, guys, we did this last week. We are doing this. We, we just, we acted like it didn't happen. Yeah. We almost wrote a whole, like, we're changing the name and blah, yeah. blah, blah. No, you yeah, just no. do it. You just make Let's the change. act like last week didn't mm-hmm. happen. And it was like when George in Seinfeld gets fired and then acts like it never happened and yeah. walks back into work on Monday. <laughs> yeah. Only no Not one. Not quite as bad as Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, but you, it's no one, again, just to repeat myself, if everyone was paying attention, we would have had to write that redaction letter or whatever it would have been. Mm-hmm. But because we're the ones who have our eyes and ears on it 24 seven, we think that everyone is also has their eyes and ears on it 24 seven. Mm-hmm. But in reality, if you just say, you, you don't have to really acknowledge it. And in your case, there were what, a hundred people there. Mm-hmm. They're not the internet. You know, they don't, they're not going to go online and be like, oh, don't fund this campaign because this event went wrong. And everyone else on the internet doesn't even know that that happened. So it's it's the, the story in our head. Now they do. <laughs> right. yeah. But you should fund well, the campaign. You well, and the happen. idea was that it would be, you know, impactful enough that people would get excited about it and share it with their friends. Like there would hopefully would have been a positive reverberation from this event, which I highly doubt <laughs> what happened now. But um, I don't know, since we've been talking about touchy-feely stuff and meditation and body and feeling the feelings, I do want to say another practice that has helped a little bit over the weekend and then I'm starting to try is when you have those that the self-limiting dialogue, they're like, you're stupid, all of that, all of that. like. Closing your eyes, figuring out where in your body you feel that. Is it a tension in your chest? Is it a tension in mm. your forehead? Where is it? Because we really do like hold the emotions in our body. They're called feelings for a reason. We feel them in our body. <laughs> They're not called thinkings. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, like it was a tightness in my chest and putting your hand on your chest, wherever that tightness is, and then really feeling it and then starting to think about the things that you are good at. You know, and even if it's like just a picture in your mind, whatever it is, like, well, you know, people like my enthusiasm and my smile and the way I get excited about things. Like I can imagine me talking to someone and them enjoying that conversation. Okay, well, I'm pretty good. I'm okay. Oh, yoga teacher. And just start thinking about those things as you are feeling that thing. And slowly the self-limiting dialogue just get, goes to a little whisper. So that's kind of a, in an emergency Using that tactic can be really helpful. Yeah, and and this goes back to when we had Thomas on the podcast a couple episodes ago. He was saying it's like, prove the little man in your head wrong. There's a little man or little woman in the back of your head saying, you can't do this. What if you were to prove that person wrong? Mm -hmm. That voice in your head that says, you're not this. Yeah, I heard that. You're not that type of person. Okay. Well, what if there was a world where you were? How would that change the way you act? (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, and I, I totally believe that we create our destiny, like we create our universe and our intentions out there, like you just assume success, like you see it, you visualize it, and then it happens, and all of your actions go that way, I'm a total believer in that. So I just, I had a, a lapse, like from the true person that I am, and but I... That's okay. Like, I, I think it's, it was okay for me to see, okay, when everything goes wrong and you have a lapse and you forget your strengths and you forget all your tools and how to manage, it's okay. Like, you, you have a moment or however many hours, but you have the tools to come back to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But I, you know, I, I lived. I lived. I'm and there. that's the important part, right? You lived. <laughs> <laughs> how but it really, you, it is. And how do you, and and I think there's a big difference between a moment or a message or something that doesn't get through or doesn't happen completely, and like what you actually are creating. Like, how do you feel wearing it? Are you asking? Is that rhetorical? Yeah. No. <laughs> um, I feel playful and beautiful and excited and creative and um, warmly enveloped and hugged and not fat because it doesn't pinch me anywhere. And see, like, that is such a different thing to focus on than Friday. Yeah. Like, focus on, like, it, I feel like I'm being hugged by my own creation. That's so good. You're Which you right. can say whenever your daughter hugs you too. Whenever one of your daughters, <laughs> I'm being hugged by my own creation. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Well, I know this is. I mean, kind of a side note. Well, it's not a side note. It's totally related. I don't know why I would say side note. But you're still wearing it, right? I am. You know, like you're sitting in this room with us, and you're wearing the garment still. You don't hate it enough. We all are. You don't actually you hate it. See us. Because I'm, ex- I'm constantly experimenting. I'm like, well, how can I make it better? Like, this is a mini. This is the mm. Karma Trick mini, and I'm mm. playing with that idea. I've, yesterday, I wore one with fringe. I'm playing with fringe as an aid to yeah. tie. So there's still a part of me there, like even in my, as I was coming out of the funk, I was like, but what if... What if I do it this way? How can I make it better? That's the beauty of a funk. It forces you to come yeah. up with ideas. Right, yeah. right. That's my favorite part of being in a funk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that, that's telling, though, that you didn't, as bad as you have felt, you're still pushing on. Right? You didn't like, all right, well, done with this one. Let's throw on a T-shirt today. <laughs> no, it's like, no, I'm still going to wear the thing that I've created, that I've created and that I'm trying to promote. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Do you have any next steps that you've already thought of? Like immediate next steps? Well, I um, read, I was looking again through the Indiegogo suggested ways to make a, have a good campaign. And one was the idea of having a soft launch and offering discounted perks to your closest friends first. So I did that this morning. And sent it to my whole email list, which I built up thanks to you guys. Um, And I have a few email lists. So some are people who already own one, some people who are interested in one, and then I have just my regular email list. Um, So we'll see how that goes. And then I'll be writing articles today, getting them on Reddit, doing another um, press release, more focused press release, and reach out to a few more bloggers. So I have a lot of work to do today. Well, you took time out for us. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. This is fun. And it helped me, for sure. I think, again, shine, they were shining the light on it more and not hiding away in a closet. An actual light in the room. <laughs> <laughs> so that helps. That Good. Helps. Good. Um, that said, and we've spent the entire episode talking about this lovely garment, but let our audience know, just quick pitch on it, uh, where they can find it and learn more about you. Okay. Um, you can find it at karmatrick.com. That's K-A-R-M-A-T-R-I-K.com. And there's a link there that will take you to the Indiegogo campaign site. It's one garment. It's made of one thread without seams that can be tied in 15 ways. Plus, there's still creative places there to go. Um, the fabric is going to be made out of a cotton plastic bottle blend. And the plastic bottles were collected in Haiti and Guatemala. So the company I partnered with uh, went in and created a recycling infrastructure there that wasn't there before. So that's pretty cool. So everywhere, every step along the way that this garment was made is um, sustainable. It's also going to be sewn in the U.S. and North Carolina and assembled right here in Chicago and Evanston, where I live. Um, by adults with disabilities. Right. So I, mean, I, I, I know, like you're, what you, we talked about in um, the video a couple weeks ago, the pitch, and I have practiced it differently depending on who I'm talking to. So I talked to a man a few days ago, and he's like, "Oh, so what's your campaign about?" And I started with, "So have you ever had a hard time finding a gift for your wife?" And he's like, "Oh God, yeah." <laughs> and I did it with a policeman standing outside this event, and they asked me too, and I told them, "I'm like, oh yeah, totally." And they actually walked closer to me, and it was like their body language yeah, showed that they were, were more in. interested. Yeah. 
because of that pitch. So what I gave you here was kind of the whole story in a nutshell rather than an actual like pitch line. Yeah. And to give my vouching for it, it's a pretty cool looking garment that makes women look good and they don't have to buy a whole bunch of outfits for it. <laughs> or for, they don't have to buy a whole bunch of outfits for their wardrobe. Yeah. They can just have one. The, yeah, the idea is, you know, the bigger picture is to have less. Less is more and accumulate less and stop fast fashion and all of that. And someone told me the other day that this is probably the best thing that came out of Friday was, this is like the anti-Spanx. Huh. <laughs> Spanx right. holds you in, whereas this kind of hugs the you that you are. Oh, it's not gonna it's not gonna pinch you or anything. You gain a little weight, this just hugs you still. You lose a little weight, it still fits you. It's gonna adjust to fit the you you, you are today. The anti Spanx. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. All that said, we will close now by going one by one. We'll start with Martin and close with you, Jenny. Uh, Martin. What happens when the worst happens? What happens when the worst happens? Um, Is this a one-word answer thing? No. no. Okay. <laughs> what? What? I hope not. <laughs> um, Otherwise, um, is his answer. <laughs> but, yeah, what happens when the worst happens? Uh, <laughs> that's what happens. You sit there for a little while. Um, no, I think what happens when the worst happens is that you're forced to confront the questions you should have been asking the whole time and really sit and try and answer them. Don't just be like, okay, let's just keep doing the same thing. That whole quote, doing the same thing over and over is the definition of (laughs) expecting different results and whatnot. Um, Actually stop for a moment. Ask yourself some questions about what worked and what didn't and then focus on what worked and make changes. My answer, what happens when the worst happens, is you have for you now have for yourself a low point. And knowing your low point, you're like, well, I know I can do better than that. <laughs> right? <laughs> but without a low point, you paint the picture in your head. And maybe the picture in your head comes true. But now it's like, all right, if that was the worst that happened, surely next time it won't go that bad. And surely I can improve from there. So it gives you a basis for comparison. Mm-hmm. What happens when the worst happens? Well, it's similar to what Martin said. It's an opportunity for growth, opportunity to build strength and capacity, though. Because maybe you think that's the worst, but it could probably get worse. Yeah. <laughs> so it just made you a little bit stronger, so you're more able to deal mm-hmm. with the more challenging thing that will happen. Experience. Mm-hmm. In, in one word, experience. <laughs> cool. All right. Thank Jenny, you guys. thank you for joining us. Thank you. You're welcome. My pleasure. That wrapped up our conversation with Jenny Arrington of Karma Trick. Jenny, thank you for joining us, sitting down with us, and getting real with us. I know that was something that our listeners are going to get a lot out of. Speaking of which, you, the listener, let's do two things this time. Number one, Might you be interested in the Karma Trick? Well, check out our Indiegogo campaign. Go to www.karmatrick.com. That's K-A-R-M-A-T-R-I-K.com to check out her Indiegogo campaign. And if you liked this episode, the best compliment you can give us is a rating and review on iTunes. Ratings and reviews help other people find the show, which allows the Discover Your Inner Awesome message to spread. Subscribe to the show as well if you aren't already a subscriber. Show notes are posted on idealemon.com, so if you want to go back to anything we referenced, any links we mentioned, any of the any of the talking points, go to this episode on idealemon.com for full details. That wraps up this edition of the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast. Thank you again to Jenny Arrington for Martin McGovern. I am Rajiv Nathan. We'll see you next time, so take care and be awesome today. So then you call me chilly and I said no. Nah. We said oh, I started drilling again. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just trying to be free as this song. Yeah, I can't free ya. Can't free ya. Can't free ya. No, you can't tell me it's wrong. When I'm trying to be free as this song. Yeah.